Red Kite Prayer is hosting its first ever event October 12th through 14th, 2018, the Red Kite Rendezvous. The two and a half day event will feature bikes from some of the industry's top frame builders, two gravel rides, some of the world's finest craft beers, which are brewed locally, plus enough food to make the pedaling fun. For more information or to register, go to redkiteprayer.com backslash store. The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is the Paceline Tandem, a special episode of the podcast on two wheels. I'm co-host Celine Yeager, and my guest for this episode is Hannah Grant, co-author of the newly released cookbook for endurance athletes titled Eat, Race, Win. Eat, Race, Win, which Hannah co-authored with sports nutritionist Dr. Stacey Sims, follows on the heels of her last book, The Grand Tour Cookbook. And Hannah says Eat, Race, Win is everything that The Grand Tour Cookbook was not specifically, is an endurance cookbook for every cyclist and endurance athlete, no matter what type of training you're doing right now or what you want to do in the future. You can even pick up this book in the off-season when you're not doing a whole lot and find valuable information on how to eat to maintain optimum health and wellness. Hannah came by her wisdom working in the trenches. In 2010, Bjarne Reese hired her to cook for his team, and she stayed on for five years making snacks and meals for pro tour cyclists. Hannah also has an Amazon Prime series by the same name that follows her and her crew as they cook for cyclists during the 2017 Tour de France. As a writer for Bicycling Magazine for the past 20 years, nutrition is one of the number one questions I get. Everyone wants to know what to eat when for the best health and performance. It's also the number one thing we screw up, myself included. Hannah has a lot of thoughts on why that is and how to get it right. We recorded this interview via Skype. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. First of all, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, letting me be on your podcast. First of all, I want to congratulate you on this massive, massive book that I'm holding in my hands here. Um, you don't often see a cool silver hardcover giant uh, hardcover book like this for endurance athletes. It's a it's an endurance athlete's guide to nutrition. It's a cookbook. It's got all kinds of cool stories in it. Can you tell me how this, this beautiful book came about? So this book is um, it's a product of me getting to know Dr. Stacy Sims uh, in the work that I did with the, the cycling team I used to work for back in, this was in 2014 when I first uh, got connected to Dr. Stacy Sims. We had, uh, we had, the team had been, I used to work for the team called Tinkoff Saxo. It had a new name every year. Uh, it, it ended up being Team Tinkoff. Um, but when in 2014, we got a new CEO, a lot of the staff changed. And um, I went to the CEO and I said, listen, we've had a lot of different nutritionists uh, in over the team working with a lot of conflicting information. Um, and the writers were asking me questions all the time about, you know, whether and how to eat and what to do. And um, for my sake at that point, I I just wanted to have some clarification on, you know, what's right and what's not. And so um, I asked the CEO and he said, listen, I'm going to connect you with Dr. Stacy Sims. She's uh, sponsoring her sports nutrition product at the TIFF to the team. And perhaps she can answer your questions. So and is this so, through Bjarne Reese? Is this still his? I, this his was... Team? This at this time uh, when I got connected to Stacy, it was a transition, and I think Oleg had just taken over. It was like in that period of time where they kind of crossed over, okay. um, and he started taking over more and more, uh, more and more. And um, so, yeah, so I got uh, I got her details, and we arranged a Skype meeting, and I had an amazing talk with Stacy. You know, I'd made a 
mile long list of questions that, you know, myths, do's and don'ts, all these things that people had asked me all the time. Um, as a chef for a cycling team, you also have, you know, you have to Uh, do a lot of interviews and journalists, they ask you a lot of questions and you don't want to get in the situation where you say something that's uh, that wrong that, you know, um, yeah. people get the, the, the wrong um, idea about what you do with the team. So talking to Stacy so was so just for reference for people who don't know, Stacy is like a brilliant sports nutritionist physiologist, correct? And, exactly. Yeah. And she specializes. To, yeah. She, she's she's yeah well she's a sports physiologist uh, that specializes in sports nutrition the gender differences um, mm -hmm. and she's been an athlete herself so she understands where it all comes from and this is this is so what's so amazing about her because she really truly understands the need for the right nutrition um, what kind of questions so were the athletes coming to you with Well, it was, it would be things like, um, a lot of like red meat questions would be the issue. Um, we'd had, uh, other nutritionists attached to the team, uh, during the years that had, um, you know, basically banned all types of red meat and, um, that there would be artificial sweetener questions, um, because, the team was obviously worried about the riders gaining weight and some would recommend them to do artificial sweetener products instead of sugars. Wow. Yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of these, uh, sports nutrition brands that are still, um, that are very popular naming no names. Uh, I'm uh -huh. just putting my hand up in the air <laughs> uh, with all fingers high, but, um, uh, and the problematic thing about, Riders just basically popping um, uh, electrolyte tablets with artificial sweeteners all day long, creating mm -hmm. massive issues for their gut constantly. I'm sorry to say having the shits. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that. But obviously going to having a really bad stomach. And for me as a chef on the cycling team, the problem was the doctor would come to me and say, um, you know, what's going on. They have a bad stomach. Da, 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 da. And I'm, you know, I'm cooking food that I know is completely safe. Nothing's wrong with it. Cause clearly, you know, I'm not sick. No one else is right. sick. It's right. pinpointed to a few riders where, you know, we could see on the, I could see in the morning on the breakfast table that certain riders that would put, um, like artificial sweetener on their cornflakes instead of sugar, you know, there would be like 10 or 13 pouches of oh. like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, artificial sweetener powder. And it was just, you know, these things. And so um, clearing out all these myths and figuring out what what was the cause of, you know, a lot of the riders having really big issues with their stomachs, runny stomach, like runny tummy, as you would say. And yeah. it would just, you know, it, it just doesn't work. I, I want to, you know, I mean, the beautiful and slightly traumatic uh, episode from the Giro about two years ago with Tom Dumoulin that has to, he's in the leader's jersey and he has to get off the bike in front of all the cameras and take a, you know, very watery uh, uh, toilet trip. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just, um, you know, this is, this is the situation you don't want to be in, right? You don't want to right. lose your, <laughs> your grand tour victory because of this. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So, I mean, getting Stacy, you know, having, having Stacy to, you know, also back, back the work that I did, because, you know, there, there's always critical people and they say, well, Hannah, you're just a trained chef. What do you know about nutrition? And I'm like, it's true. I don't have a, a, a PhD. I don't have a degree. Um, but you know, I, I've obviously read a lot. I don't have a diploma in it. So it really helps also for me. And it did at that time and still does. And that's why I've made the book with Stacy to have a backbone of a scientist that has scientifically proven these uh, things and that backs it up to say, you know, the do's and the don'ts. Um, yep. So that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's obviously the reason why I'm, I'm so happy to work with Stacy other than she's a brilliant, amazing, beautiful being. Um, and, uh, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's really, she just, I feel has the right attitude towards, uh, the nutrition part because it's not fanatic. Correct. Correct. That's, that's awesome. So then you worked with her and, and you obviously 
you know, had some validation and learned a lot. And then how did you get this giant book put together? Like, how did that happen? After I had spoken to her uh, a couple of times over Skype, I, um, I decided to, I said to her, listen, I would really like to meet up with you. Um, I had to, I had published my first cookbook, the Grand Tour cookbook uh, yep. back in 2013 in Danish. And it came out in Czech in 14 <laughs> and then in French, German and English in 15. Um, and I knew I wanted to work with Stacy. And so I said to her, listen, I'm going to come to, to San Francisco where she lived at that point. And, um, you know, I have a project that I'd like to uh, talk to you about. And so I basically went down on one knee work-wise and said, um, would you like to work, marry me in that sense where I'm like, <laughs> I would like to, to team up with you um, because uh, I really, you know, I really think what she has done is absolutely amazing and remarkable. And it, you know, it just fits all the parameters of what my food philosophy is. Um, so I asked her, I said, listen, I have this idea for a cookbook and I really want I really would like you to be involved in it. Um, and so it all started in actually in, yeah, in 2014 uh, on a piece of, uh, well, actually on a Word document, I'd sent her like some ideas mm -hmm. and um, we kind of ping pong back and forth over it. Um, and I started, you know, filling out and I decided, because the first book that I did was based on a grand tour. So the Tour de France and how to, mm -hmm. you know, how we fueled the riders uh, during a grand tour. And back then it was uh, more or less unheard of to serve uh, a lot of veggie based dishes, whole foods and so on. Um, it's crazy because it's not that long ago. Uh, it's about six years ago, right? What were they eating? Mostly just pasta and stuff? Yeah, it was like white pasta, white rice, uh, dried chicken breast, and then what you call the sports buffet, which is um, the salad buffet at the hotel where you have iceberg salad, lettuce, yeah. uh, uh, corn from a can, uh, <laughs> bean sprouts from a can, cucumbers, you know, frozen peas, that every day right. and you can mix and match as you please or as you don't they had to you have know? palate fatigue out the wazoo right like yeah. how how do you even feed yourself when you're just staring down that every day exactly i mean and that was the reason why the table the the writer's table was full of all these sugary condiments ketchup right. uh you know uh all kinds of like sweet sauces and stuff like that because when the food is bland, boring, overcooked, or dry, um, you just gotta smother it in sugar, right? Mm -hmm. Something that yep. makes you wanna eat, because you have to eat. Yeah. If you don't eat, you're out, right? So that was that was the first uh, big step, was trying to change those habits up. And it's kinda like taking crack away from a junkie when you tell professional athletes, um, you can't have sugary condiments for dinner anymore <laughs> you know <laughs> that's the end and they're like you know what and there you have to eat you know more vegetables and whole foods and quinoa lentils all these things and they you know the first year they looked at me and they you know i was i was uh, sent from uh, low beneath uh, <laughs> the earth you know right <laughs> it was just what am i doing there um so, yeah, it, it took a while for them to get used to it. But um, after the Grand Tour cookbook came out and, you know, after a few years and young riders coming in, seeing a difference in their body, the way they breathe, mucus production, like all these things. And then all of a sudden you get a few ambassadors and then some of the older riders will look back and say, wow, it works for them. Perhaps there's something to it. Right. And then, yeah, so that kind of changes it. So to get back to your question, this was a long explanation. Oh, no, I love it. Though. That's, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> um, the Eat, Race, Win cookbook was basically supposed to be everything that the Grand Tour cookbook was not. The Eat, Race, Win cookbook is supposed to fill out the whole year. So we would take gotcha. you from off season through, you know, training season up to race season and the recovery so that you have the chance to adapt your diet to where you are in your training pass or season or in your, you know, physique if you're starting out. 
um, right. or if you're in high peak season. So basically, the idea is to teach the reader how to adapt their food, their diet to where they are in their training um, season or uh, in general. I mean, for most people that I know that love sports but don't uh, practice them themselves or exercise that much uh, is a typical off-season person at all times, right? right. Where you got to stay low on the sugars and the carbs to, yeah, not pack on weight. So basically right. gives you the tools to how to navigate through the year depending on um, how much you train. Oh, that's super interesting. Um, because, you know, I, I, and I'm sure you encounter this all the time. I feel like nutrition is the thing that, you know, I, I write for Bicycling Half for a long time. I write for a lot of those endurance publications. Um, man, everybody is so constantly, for the, my 20 years that I've been doing this, 20 plus years, that is the biggest hurdle. Like they, they just, what is it about nutrition that is such an enormous struggle for active people i mean like it's a constant problem yeah well i think there's 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 uh, a few issues to that and and for sure in my opinion one of them is that there are so many there are so many conflicting options to choose from like should um, i be keto should i be keto hanno or should i be paleo or should i be a vegan paleo i'm not exactly, sure exactly exactly my friend is a vegan paleo and they are doing amazing like you hear this all the time right it's 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 crazy and and i think the the, the major issue is that people tend to think there's a quick fix solution to their performance to their health uh in general and by changing a diet, you know, oh, I'm going on a juice diet and then I'm going on the anti-inflammatory uh, raw food, low carb uh, diet. I don't understand why I'm so tired when I'm running 20 miles. You know, it's <laughs> it's 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 crazy. It's because I think uh, what I hear from a lot of people is they're trying to do too much at the same time. Um trying to cleanse at the same time as going vegan and training for an Ironman, uh, it just doesn't work, right? You have to, you have to either or, and you have to understand that food is not, it's not something you do for a short while. It's not a diet. It's something you do long-term. And so for most people, if I mean, a lot of people starting up training, um, they want to lose some weight. You know, no one gained 30 pounds overnight. Right. So so I think the, the misunderstanding is that you can shed those 30 pounds in two weeks and get ready and get fit. And then you can, you know, do your Ironman and you can just do it on a juice diet. It's just there's just too much crazy going on because you see these extreme um, personalities that goes vegan, mm -hmm. they do ultra running. And this is a question I've had m many times um, and that I've spoken to Stacy about is also, um, can you ride the Tour de France or a grand tour like that uh, vegan? And as Stacy says, um, theoretically you probably can, but you're gonna destroy your system so much because there's no way you can recover fast enough being a vegan under that much pressure over that long of a period of time. Mm -hmm. So she said, you probably can, but it's not something that she would ever recommend. I mean, because where are you going to get, as she said, it's, it's the thing you can't uh, go... You can't push your body uh, being on the bike six to seven hours a day and get off the bike and expect it to recover only from vegan protein every single day for three weeks. It's just, it, there's no way you can eat that much and absorb that much um, under that amount of pressure. So right. it's, it's, you for know, those it's three weeks. Exactly. I mean, if, if you're doing an Ironman, it's a different situation because you're not doing an Ironman every day for three weeks. Right. Um, so it's, it's just, there's so many different f uh, factors to it. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's the whole diet jungle is crazy. And what I think most people lack is, uh, the understanding that common sense is, 
a huge factor in in sustaining a stable energy level and eating, you know, fueling right. And it's the no fanatic approach to food that I think people need to understand. It's impossible to be 100% on top of your game all the time. You don't wake right. up feeling kapow every day, going on a strict regime diet. You know, it's just not possible. There's the, you have to have room for flexibility depending on your mood, you know, your body is tired. You have to listen to your body. And I think that's what a lot of athletes, they do wrong is they simply, they're so used to overruling all the signals that the body sends when it's mm -hmm. tired, fatigued, it's screaming for a rest day, um, <laughs> or or you're trying to starve yourself because you want to lose a little bit of weight up to a race. And it's just, I think um, this is what I can see from the pro riders that I've worked with is that you have to you have to sometimes allow yourself the the freedom of relaxing also diet wise. Mm -hmm. um, so, because if you keep on be restricting yourself from everything at a certain point, it's going to crack. It's not, you know, um, so you get the eight, the 80, 20% split, I think works really well where you give yourself room to have a treat once in a while, whether, you know, some people's, um, uh, what do you say? Like, uh, crack uh, can be uh, brownie or chocolate or you know it's just you have to give yourself the allowance or the treat and the carrot um, mm -hmm. once in a while to make it worth it um, and I think that's how you sustain you know the correct diet over a long period of time by not going extreme in any way Do you That's think that if people left to their own devices who would listen to their bodies, do you feel like they would hit the right equilibrium for their performance and their health? <clears throat> It's such a difficult thing. I, I, I mean, there's always um, you always need support uh, from people around you because eventually. Sorry. I'm renting out a room. So there's someone is oh, just okay. <laughs> at the door. That's why. Um, no, you have to, um, you have to have support around you to sustain, of course, uh, a fine balance with things because as I, I mean, in my opinion, um, also from my own experience and from, from working with professional athletes is that left to themselves, they tend to either go you know tunnel vision uh -huh. and go extreme where they're like you know they they want to lose weight that's one main main thing i see in in the professional athletes uh, universes they want to lose weight so they go super extreme but they can only sustain that for maybe five or six days then they crack and then they end up uh It's at the convenience store with uh, four packs right. of uh, chocolate bars and crisps. <laughs> and they're like, you know, I deserve this because I've struggled. Right. Um, so uh, and that's I mean, this is this is the, the extreme mind of an athlete is right, is, right. is like that, I think. Um, yeah, that's fair. So for some people, um, I guess it's also saying common sense is different for everybody. Uh, but I definitely think that. Um, when you choose to follow a certain type of diet or try to live and fuel right, it's definitely something that, that you involve your surroundings in so that, you know, you know that you're not going to be pushed to eat that cake or, you right. know, be shamed if you eat too much because you need to fuel. It's just... Um, Well, hopefully in a perfect world, as you would say, people left on their own would figure this out. Um, if, but, but the world is just not well balanced. I think everybody needs uh, moral support and everybody needs um, a, uh, you know, a treat once in a while. So, yeah, it's not really an answer to your question. It's just more like some thoughts on your uh, Yeah, on your theme. no, it, it's, it, it's, co it's complicated. It's, it's super complicated. And I like your point that you know, as athletes, we're often 
it's 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 a dichotomy, right? We're often um, rewarded when we tune stuff out, like the, uh, the, what our body is telling us. But yeah. we also have to. We're also also being told to tune in, and like, when do I tune out? And when do I tune yeah. in? I don't know. You know, so it, it is nice to have some guidance because. You know, just speaking personally, man, you can get so lost, right? You can just get so... And then maybe you follow, like, this crazy diet, and it works for a little bit because you're doing something, and then you get obsessed with it, or you get... Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just easy to fall into those traps. Um, I mean, absolutely, when we're talking about that, it's, it's, it's also a crazy taboo in this whole world of, of athletes with um, eating disorders right because it's you're so obsessed with getting the ultimate fuel that keeps you lean and keeps you going everyone wants to be the ultimate everything um and it's i mean it's it's such a it's such an easy thing to get caught up in it and as you say you try some diet it works for three four weeks and you're like yeah and you get all high on it and then you don't understand what happens the next Two months, nothing happens because your body, you know, this is, I'm sure you've had Stacy on many times, but she will <laughs> probably explain to you, you know, how the meta- metabolism works. And, you know, when you introduce something new and you, depending on how you measure yourself also with energy, of course, the body at some point says, well, you know, what's going on? Either I'm in lack of something or, um, you know, it's, it's just the whole, the whole balance of not being extreme because the body will, I mean, it'll signal to you when something is wrong or when it's missing something. And right. so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I can understand up to a, an important race that of course, then you sewn in and you're like, okay, now I need to like shave the last bits off, but that's doable for a month. It's right. doable, but it's not doable for a year to live in, in this tunnel vision world. It's just simply doesn't, you know, it's, a, you can't have a life around it. You're just going to, you you know, it's the idea of scarcity. When you don't have, when there's something you don't have, yep. you just want it so much more, right? It becomes the only thing you obsess about. It's just, um, and this, this, um, this I do see in athletes, right? And it's when that point happens and they, they can only focus on one specific thing, whether it's cheese or cake or chocolate or right. um, or being eating clean or, you know, no fat. It's just it just it, um, it it becomes so extreme that at some point it cracks and then you do the exact opposite. Right. Then you actually uh, end up breaking the whole uh, basically uh, wave of um, progress you've made by limiting yourself so much does that make sense in it, a does way, make, you know? it does make sense yeah yeah um so that's so so in, in all this conversation we're just talking general diet which is what supports you as a human being right like whatever, yeah. whatever you're doing and i and i and i'm hearing and i think it's great that one of one of the reasons you wrote this book and one of the reasons you wrote it the way you did is to help people um be human beings in their environment and like not always be laser focused, but be laser focused when they need to be right. Like that seems to be what this is about. Exactly. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's about understanding, you know, there's a time for everything and it's unrealistic to believe that everyone's going to stand in their kitchens, cooking three meals a day, plus uh, recovery meals. And uh, I mean, that's, I, I, you know, a minimum of, of people that can do that. So what I think most people have to adapt to is to figure out, well, how do I survive uh, having a normal life and a job training at the same time and adapting to, I have to eat out. I have to eat at the canteen. You know, there's a lot of like different scenarios you run into. Um, and when, if you can educate people into, you know, basically, finding your way into the jungle of that and then combining it if you have two or three days at home where you have time to cook well how do you prep the most of it how do you prepare so that you can be well prepared to train and go out and you know as a chef it's such an important thing for me to try and pass on the idea of how to prep for a restaurant it's basically the same to prep 
for yourself as an athlete. When you're in the kitchen, you know, as I recommend, say, okay, take two, two hours off twice a week and then go strategically prepping your veggies, your rice, and everything can last, you know, the three days, three, four days in the fridge. So if you just prep smart, you can actually, you know, you can actually sustain a really fine balance with your diet and make sure you get the right stuff. So you're not ending up training and then you're like starving and then you have to eat some shitty bar that you grab right. on the way home. Because you just have no energy to make yeah, anything. Or it's a Dunkin' Donut or whatever, right? So it's just, it's the, the golden rule is to, of course, and it's easy to say, think ahead. But if everything's prepped in your fridge and all you have to do is basically either eat it cold or just like, mix it together it's yep. you know you've you make time work for yourself i think that's that's um that's a really really smart way to work because uh, most people do have a daytime job right and yep. they're serious about training at the same time so it's it's really um taking i mean two days out a week where you give yourself a little bit of extra time in the kitchen just is is gonna pay out so much more in the end Oh, for sure. And you'll be so much happier. You'll be so happy every time you open that refrigerator and see containers <laughs> with food. I know when I do it, when I make the time, I'm like, the future Celine just loves the past Celine so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, also, I mean, a lot of the recipes in the book, I really have made an effort to say uh, day one, you eat this and then you can do this day two. So you have a progress of how how one dish turns into something else and then ends up as a recovery meal so you oh, constantly cool. you know you you do one thing and you make a big bulk and then you make it into the next thing and the next thing so there's oh, like cool. s- steps in that way um i mean the frittata is of course the easiest way to make anything into a frittata right so right. you have roasted root vegetables or uh, anything meat left or uh, fresh herbs, whatever you have, basically um, quinoa. I mean, a lot of this can go go into just oven baked frittata and you can have that, you know, cold in the fridge, dice it, like cut it into cubes and you bring it along. It's brilliant just off the bike or, you know, it's yeah. just so easy. I mean, um, and people waste so much food that's also the other thing that's the sad thing about it right so yeah, um yeah for sure make your leftovers make you happy yeah <laughs> i like that i like that so let's talk i, I want to talk a little bit about the composition of some of your recipes and then i want to talk about um on the bike like like active the food that you eat while you're doing activity um I noticed that the recipes are not starchy carb centric. I think you even make a note of saying that, you know, they're, they're centered maybe around vegetables and, and lean protein, but you were, you're not anti-carb and you also make a point of that, like you to add your starchy carbs of choice. And I, I just wondered if you could just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think most people know how to cook rice and potatoes and uh, make right. the, the basic carbs. So um, for me as a chef, I f- the, the let me put it this way. What I, the, the feedback I get from people is, you know, they never know how to like cook vegetables and make it delicious. You know, they, they know right. they, you know, it's how do you make it interesting? How is it not just the same boiled or blanched broccoli? Um, and so my focus is on all the things that can be tricky for people to do vinaigrettes, dressings, vegetables, Mm -hmm. proteins. How do you make this interesting? And once you have that interesting, it's easy enough to add your carp. And as I've learned over the years, you know, different people have different preferences. So whether you're a potato kind of person or a rice kind of person, you know, this is, and what works for you? It's in in my opinion. I've I've seen so many different personalities, nationalities, religions. They all have different preferences for what they want to eat. So, um, of course, in, m- in most of my recipes, I recommend certain things. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna let it be up to the the home cook to you know use what you think works best for you because. It's not one size fits all. I'm not saying potatoes are God or rice is God. It's, it's again, variation is the key. And so um, for once, actually, also, I've done recipes that are only carbs where I'm saying 
Here's how to do really amazing crushed potatoes or really good polenta, soft polenta. So there's there's the recipes that are, you know, I, I, I thought to myself when I made the book, I'm like, I feel crazy putting a recipe in for soft polenta, but people, you know, it's a very simple thing, but if you don't know how to make it delicious, you know, I can write soft polenta, but people are never going to make it. So having the basic recipes in the book that people can say, oh, this is great. And that works for me. You can always mix and match. I think that's what works the best is to definitely mix and match um, how it works for you. I mean, there are also recipes in it that are mixed, but for me, it's also, yeah, some people want to go more low carb um, and it just makes the recipes more flexible that the the main focus is on the veggies and and the protein. Cool. Um, Race food. Yes. My God. Manish Evans. (laughs) This is one we could do an entire podcast on, but we won't. You know... In my personal experience, I, I, I swear to you that I feel like I can do the same exact thing in one race and have really good results and follow and sort of try to follow the same nutrition plan in another race and it, it goes sideways. And yeah. I, for the life of me, I can't. Like, why is that? Is it temperature? Is it my mood? Is it like, you know, can you speak a little bit to that? And, and what do you focus on? You have a lot of really nice rest, race food recipes in the book. Like, what's your focus and what do you think that what do you think most people screw up well i think i mean you 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 touched it as you said um you know your mood that's absolute it's such the human factor in diets is so misunderstood the human factor plays such a massive role in in how hang on a second Sorry, I have a giant airplane flying over. <laughs> so it sounds like someone is farting. So I'm just going <laughs> to we'll just we'll just let that go by. Yeah. Um, okay. I think. Let me just see if it's taken it. That's good. Um, yeah. The, the human the human factor is such a is such a big thing in performance um, that that I think most people don't take into consider consideration because. One thing is, as you say, you know, if you have one thing that works so well for you in a race and you're like, I cracked the code, right? This is yes. <laughs> this is how it works. Now I'm a genius and everyone that eats like this will forever win the Ironman or the race they, they participate in. If it was that easy, you know, you would be a multi-billion, like, billionaire, like, author, right? Right, um, right. It's a shame it's not that simple. <laughs> I, <laughs> but it's um it's just you know um first of all you know if if you if you if you basically if you die on um not die but if you go if you if you hit the wall on uh flavor food you get tired of eating you can't eat enough it doesn't feel right um how are you going to get on the bike or run and perform with your body being mm, you know your appetite is not there. I mean, for me, the variation is the key to keeping the appetite up. And you really have to listen to that because mm-hmm. if, you know, it's just not possible to force feed yourself and walking out the door, expecting yourself to perform at your best if you feel like you've had a really bad morning, fueling with something you didn't like. Um, so, I mean, listen to your body. This is what I think athletes are um sometimes really bad at doing um they just overrule a lot of signs and the variation for sure i mean of course before the day before a big race don't test out something new right that's uh yeah that's i mean i know it's of course i've had a lot of riders saying hey i'm gonna try out this um this uh, low residue diet uh in day one of this grand tour and i'm like it's it's if you tried it before they're like no i'm like maybe it's a really bad plan to try out a new diet like <laughs> stage one yeah. of a massive race um yeah no um sorry I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here um i think um 
I think it's absolutely, I mean, I think you have to, and also as Stacy explains in the intro of the book, um, the seasons, the weather, uh, the light, right. uh, the temperatures, there are so many factors that plays into, you know, how your energy levels are. And you really have to account for if it's, um, yeah, I mean, I think you can, you can kind of, Uh, relate to the fact that if it's really hot outside, it's warm, it's humid. The last thing you want to eat before your race is a warm oatmeal. Like, right, it's right. just you know you can't. You're like, ah. So taking those things into consideration, um, again, Stacy has amazing uh, a whole amazing uh, chapter on you know how the body adapts to, to the different seasons when you know when you're in the summertime you want your body is craving like you know the crisp the cold the fresh mm -hmm. um so try and incorporate that into the the type of food before the race so in the winter time if you have an important race don't go ice cold birch or muesli and slam down a, a strawberry smoothie because that's not going to give you the the satisfaction that your body is is craving also because you really have to i think listen to what your body is craving also that's prior to the races mm -hmm. um so When it's cold outside, you want to think hot spices, warm things, ginger, soothing things. You want to think about the things that you A, crave and B, that's going to make you want to eat it. Because right. that's the, 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 major, the major key is you have to want to eat. Um, right. And so I right. think I would suggest... We've all been I mean, at those races where we don't want to take a bite of it. Anytime. Yeah, you're just like, uh, nothing works. And right. what I found out is that the golden circle of where the, the best nutrition is, is, you know, theoretic, theoretics are on your right hand. This is what you should eat. You mm -hmm. know, this is, and on your left side is what you really want to eat. And what's golden is if those two can like touch each other when they touch each other of what you really want to eat versus you know when they meet what you should eat right so you're you might not be 100 after the books of this is what you should eat but if it makes you eat enough so you fuel enough and you feel good that's going to get your mind tricked into you know i can do this Right, so there's right. there's a whole mind factor in this. No one can live strict off theoretics, what you should be eating. You know, mm -hmm. you have to understand that the human factor only allows you to eat what, you know, where those two things meet. So it's I really think for for athletes, it's you know, this is something you have to play around with, of course, maybe figure out if you can do three or four different types of breakfasts before a race and mm -hmm. see, you know, Of course, try out the different things. What works for you? How do you race on, like, for example, something like um, polenta? You could do polenta mm -hmm. porridge in the morning, add fruits to it. Like, try out different versions of it. Try it cold, try it warm, and then see how, how does that work so you have the options of adapting to, is it cold, is it hot, am I feeling moody? You know, right. when you're feeling a little moody and sad, and especially also talking women you've got your hormonal uh, ups and downs um it's important to listen to that too and say listen it's important to soothe yourself and make yourself feel mentally good also uh, as right. well as fueling yourself uh, because if you leave the door yeah does that make sense that makes a There's, lot of sense it makes a lot of sense <laughs> the, the, I, I the, like it's 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 the human factor versus the strict diet um you know If we lived in a perfect world, uh, everyone would, you know, cross the finish line at the same time and win. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't. That would be so, really boring. That yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think really, um, I mean, try out different things and then find maybe your three or four go-to things. And then think about, yeah, think about weather and mood and allow yourself sometimes that extra thing in the morning prior to the race if you know it's going to make you eat right, more right. and fuel right again the 80-20% I think is important um, like the riders sometimes you know we would do 
big stacks of pancakes because I know that they have a crazy mountain stage coming up and it's going to be grueling and it's probably going to snow on the mountain top <laughs> and it's going to be scorching hot when they reach the bottom, right? So you know that this day is not just fueling right, it's the moral like you guys can do it, you can yeah. go through this and here's a treat to send you out of the way. You've also eaten your Beatrice muesli or your oatmeal or whatever works for you, but you've also had this treat. So right. you're sent out with the happy birthday. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I think that's that's really an important factor in in how to perform right. And also then on the bike, of course, don't pack your race foods to be what theoretically you should be eating. Pack right. your race foods to be what you know you want to eat when you're yep. on the bike, when you're running. Right. Um because it's again, it is not one size fits all. And it's just um, if you can't swallow another bite of rice cake, don't bring rice cakes. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's pretty um, it's 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 the, it's don't false feed yourself, really. I mean, listen to what you want to eat, because if, if you feel like eating it, you're going to eat it and then you're going to feel better. And when your mood is high, you automatically can perform better. It's just that is, that's that is good advice right there. I think that's my that's definitely, you know, don't 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 punish yourself uh, uh, unnecessarily. Um, that being said, don't don't eat a whole brownie prior to a race because you feel <laughs> like it. Right. It's again, that's where the common sense comes in. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 giving yourself a little bit of leeway to say it's OK to to give yourself that treat within the realm of, of, uh, reasonable, reasonable, uh, eating habits. Right. Well, which is why maybe some of your recipes have like chocolate chips in them, right? Like, or, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this is the thing you can't, it's just, it's, it's, uh, we're not machines and we're not robots. Um, so it, it, we, you have to have that slack of giving a little bit because that's going to cool. make you, long-term perform much better. Excellent. I, Is there, I think. Um, <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, that's... If we were all test tubes, the world would be so much simpler, right? But you would just yeah. pour this in, and you would pour that in, and you would get that reaction. And what is yeah. what is that? What is that? Uh, that uh, sci-fi novel called where they eat um, Soylent, like the sludge that's just oh, like uh, right. you know the the know. ultimate. And someone actually made this, right? Someone that doesn't like food but just want to fuel. You know, it doesn't taste good, but it gives you everything you need. No well, one wants to eat like, that. You get depressed. Like food is for the yeah. mind too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like those ketone. Have you tried any of the esters, the drink that they are? I, I can't. Uh, it is I, supposed I've, to be so horrible. It's like drinking nail polish remover. Like, how can <laughs> that's you not do gonna that? work? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you really enjoy punishing yourself every day, and you know. Not, I, I don't believe the majority of people feel that way. It's just, uh, yeah. Food is uh, also, it's just so much also for the mind as well as for the body. And luckily those I two think, things correlate. Yeah. I think if food looks beautiful and I mean, you have a variety of color um, textures in your food of natural, like whole foods. I think oh, my dog is snoring. Um, <laughs> when you have this like texture, like this variety of, of, of things in a meal, you know that you're covering what you need to get. Um, it's really important to, to, to keep that in mind. It's just food is so much also for the mind. And when the mind works and the mind is happy and you're motivated, you're just a better performer in all uh, aspects of life. A hundred percent. I think that's a great place uh, to leave this because I, I do think that that's sort of the the message which is underlying this whole book, which I was, which is what I think is quite lovely. I mean, you read a lot of these books, or I read a lot of these books, and it's it is a little more mechanical oriented yeah. often, right? It's this percent of macronutrients for blah blah blah, and you want this percent. And a nobody really thinks that way when they're in the kitchen. They're not going, I need thirty grams of. I mean, they're just not thinking that way, and just acknowledging that you get 
jazzed by food that you like and then things that look good and delicious and it makes you feel like you can take on the world like that's that's the point of of nutrition right so i i, I think so. i mean it's it's i mean it's i'm um, eating eating right should not be a punishment it right you know because how <laughs> if you punish yourself every day it's just the, the, the performance is not going to come. Uh, maybe it will one day, but it's just not going to, you know, it's not going to be long lasting and you, it's impossible to sustain. So hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for, for writing this book. Um, thank you for, for taking time to talk to us and what's next for you. What are you up to now? Oh, there's a lot of on my plate at the moment. Um, I am well. I'm actually I'm I'm working uh, on slowly on a new book project also uh, about uh, uh, more in detail for runners, but also for oh. like like we're talking like very beginners to get everyone in. Um, so it's not just for. Um, super athletes. So I really want to, yeah, I really want to get people off the couches and motivate them to start running and getting into endurance sports. Uh, and of course, treating them with amazing food as well. So that's uh, one Excellent. of the projects. Yeah. And then a book tour in the fall. Uh, I'm planning that. So if uh, anyone has any suggestions to where we could uh, host anything, we are, I'm absolutely up for uh, all suggestions. And where can people find your work? Where can they find your work best? Um, well, uh, on my website, hannahgrant.com is access to basically everything I've done. Uh, if they want to get the book, Amazon uh, sells it. You can also get it on my website. Um, of course, you support a small business when you buy it from my website. <laughs> and um, yep. and uh, we can do, I can just say this out. I mean, you can cut this out. I can do a coupon code for all of your listeners. So they can get oh, 20% okay. off the book. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if you put a little note underneath it. We can do a thing. Yeah, we, so yeah definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we yeah. definitely can put that on the show notes. So we'll do a, we'll do a 20% uh, off uh, with uh, Celine podcast code for yeah. all the, the listeners. And um, I now have actually today all my, uh, my newly printed books landed in the States. So they should be pretty fast shipping one to two days in cool. in all of the states yeah so Excellent. uh yeah so that's where you can get stuff and then of course you can watch the eat race win uh show on prime video on amazon where you follow me cook for the riders at the tour that's exciting well thank you so much for taking time on off of your huge busy plate to talk to us i appreciate it and uh enjoy the rest of your evening thank you and uh thank you for having me on sure thing all right thanks thanks we want to thank our guest, Hannah Grant, the author of Eat, Race, Win, for speaking with Celine. For more information about her work, there will be a link in our show notes. That's it for this episode of the Paceline Tandem. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, we hope you'll leave the show a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your media. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for our other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one -on -one interviews. Think Terry Gross for the bike set. This week's episode is a tribute to Dario Pegoretti, who passed away last week at the age of 62. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady for Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.